You are listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, everyone. It's Nancy Calabrese, and it's time again for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Today, we're speaking with Kurt Tuford. Kurt leads peak sales strategy with over 30 years of experience in sales and sales management. His expertise has earned him the title of America's master sales motivator. Kurt is also a professor at the University of Houston, where he teaches advanced professional selling. His study of sales and human behavior provides a strong foundation for his leadership motivation, and sales presentations. And he is the author of 201 Sales Motivators, a collection of quotes and short editorials designed to inspire and motivate sales professionals. We are thrilled to have you on the show, Kurt. So everyone, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Kurt. Hey, Nancy, welcome to you and to all your guests and listeners here. I'm looking forward to our time together. Yeah, me too. So, you know, 201 sales motivators, how did you come up with that? Well, as I collected different quotes from the planet, if you will, all the different places, and I'd put a little editorial underneath the quote, it just kind of rolled around. I couldn't get 365, so I landed at 201. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I had to bind these in some kind of a binder, and uh, it was it was a great project. Wow, you know, motivation is so important in anything, you know, in sales and in life. But why is motivation so important? I think because we're talking about sales, we in the sales profession, whether outside sales or inside sales or sales support or sales management, we're expected to be up, positive, enthusiastic maybe even extroverted. But you know, Zig Ziglar once said, motivation is like bathing. You have to do it every day for it to take an effect. And we've got to stay motivated in order to motivate the people to at least listen to our story, engage with us. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Okay. So I, I get like, you need to be, especially if you're in a leadership role, you really need to be motivated, right? Be able to motivate your team, but, but who motivates the motivator? Well, that's a great question. And for me, I have a group that I meet with on a monthly basis and it's kind of like a band of brothers. It's other sales professionals, people who are in the industry and it's like iron sharpening iron. One person sharpens another. That helps me stay motivated because there are times when I can't close a door, much less a sale. And and I'm not, I'm not even worthy to be out in public on those days. Right. Well, I, I mean, I think that's normal for everyone. Um, You know, another thing that intrigues me is you're a professor and I'm so happy to know that schools or colleges are incorporating professional selling classes. They didn't happen when I went to school. Uh, I, I think it's a gift to people and everybody should take it. Tell us about your you know, experience at uh, University of Houston. You bet, Nancy. You know, we started many years ago, I think it was about 20 years ago with the Program for Excellence in Selling. 
-hmm. there's a handful of universities across the United States right now who are creating curriculum and certificates in sales. And at the University of Houston, we recruit students from all disciplines. They have to interview and resume into the program. And once accepted, it's a two-year program where they take courses on basic selling, advanced selling, sales management. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do a technology run on uh, CRM packages. And then they do something called key account selling, where they go out into the Houston community and try to go to the major corporations and sell to them either uh, a table at a recruitment mixer where we're doing graduation recruitment or uh, a golf tournament. So there's constant hands-on selling for two years and they graduate with their normal business degree or whatever degree they have and a certificate in selling. But why don't they just make selling a degree? That's a great question. And I think it goes with accreditation and how difficult it is to to actually define sales as a, a leg of a table, if you will, in academia. I think... I've said this in earlier podcasts, you know, for all the naysayers about selling, everybody's in sales. They don't know it. But uh, I think it's a a gift to just be able to learn the art of communication because that's what selling is about. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, Nancy, that it's all about communication as well as some of the things about curiosity and building trust and adding value Yep. And it, it's it's something that we don't typically get in an in an education or in a academic environment, and it's hard to yeah. pick up on your own. I agree, and and so good segue. How can we build trust and value in the art of having a curious conversation? That's a great question. I think you know I use little cliches like ABC: always be curious. Okay. And in that curiosity about engaging with a prospect or a suspect or a customer or a client, be curious about who that person is. Do some research on that person. Ask them about themselves. That will allow you to reduce that wall of mistrust. Right. And then it increases the opportunity to build a little trust and then to discover and uncover what that other person feels is of value in this sales conversation. Yeah. And it starts with curiosity. And I believe it's a muscle that you work out in the gym and it's a want to. And yep. uh, I'll steal another quote from Jim Rohn, who was a phenomenal business philosopher. When the why gets stronger, the how gets easier. And if you're in <laughs> sales and you're thinking, yeah. man, I got to get more curious. Why? because it allows me to engage with other people. So when you have a why that's strong enough, you'll find ways of asking questions to be curious. Right. Yep. Uh, And I don't know if I read this or heard this, but you build trust through the quality of questions that you ask, right? Yes. You you want to get them talking and, uh, you know, the sales conversation is all about them. So, there, there's a great need to be curious, in, especially in a sales conversation. Um, you, you also, um, I, I researched taking notes, doing research, being interesting and interested. Why is that important in a sales conversation? 
Well, I think we have to take notes because the world is so complex that mm -hmm. when we ask permission to take notes about a person and we start using curiosity-based questions to uncover who they are as a person and some of mm -hmm. the pain points and challenges, when we have a second, third, and fourth conversation, I can refer back to my notes so that I can be interested, meaning I can ask permission right. to take notes because what you say is valuable, and I can be interesting because I take the data and I formulate questions that go above this concept of the needs and right. digs down into the wants and goes even further into the whys. Yeah. Wow. So in conversation with your prospects, how do you determine who they are as a person? Are there any key questions that you suggest we ask to determine are they the analytical type? Are they uh, dynamic? You know, are they sociable? What what do you recommend? That, that's a great question. And, and I'm a passionate uh, student of all things DISC for behavior. <laughs> <style>. Me too. <laughs> so, so I'm looking for a person who's dominant, influential, steady, or compliant. The right. questions I ask are, are more about, hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better and about maybe give me a week in the life of, or, hey, what do you do when you don't do this? Or if it's a, more of a, of a classroom situation, please introduce yourself. What do you do for the company? And, and what are your passions? What are you passionate about? Right. And that allows me to unlock a conversation in the future. If the person has a unique last name, like your last name, Right. Where is it? What's the origin of it? And if the origin is is Middle Eastern or European, wow, have you ever been? Have you done some research on that? Or if you're in someone's office, you know, you try as hard as you can not to say, hey, that big fish on the wall, did you catch that? Yeah. You, you try other things. And of course, for all of the people who are listening, Nancy, we've got LinkedIn and social media you know, if you Google that person and you find out through their profile some unique things about them, that might be another bridge builder to say, hey, you know, Nancy, I was on your profile and you graduated from the University of blank. What, right. what was one of the funnest things you experienced when you were at blank? <laughs> You're making me think of my college days. I'm trying to think what was my I know what was my most fun. Well, but Nancy, I'm not going to let say, everybody know. <laughs> I would say, look, if you're talking to somebody who's under 30, you have a higher probability of tapping into their college. If you have somebody who is over 60, you might be tapping into what do you want to do when you don't do this anymore? Right. Or what legacy do you want to leave? Or for you, Nancy, I would say, Nancy, with all that experience that you have, what are some of the aha moments you discovered hosting a podcast? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I love doing this, by the way, because I meet and I get to speak to so many interesting people. Is there a story the audience would find interesting? A story of me or a yeah. story of Once Upon a Time? Um, and Any which way you want to go. You know, um, I, I guess for me, this the story I have is really resonating with a couple of different of these crazy cliches. I mean, the Jim Rohn quote, when the why gets stronger, the how gets easier. Right. When I first heard that, I was driving a Honda Civic in San Diego, California. 
and I was on the uh, I-5, Interstate 5, and boy, okay. it hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> because I needed to find out what my why was. And of course, right. many years later, a guy on this on the uh, TED Talk scene, his name is Simon Sinek, right. wrote a book called It Starts With Why, and he outlined companies and and, and the whole resonation. That, what What is it that that really resonates with you on the why. And so I wrote a book called Five Stones for Slaying Giants about, you know, passion, excellence, vision, value, and confidence as it relates to the why of my career. Why am I a speaker? Why am I a sales trainer? Why do I like selling? And just tapping into that because I love helping other people. I love solving problems. Wow. So you and I have been in sales our whole adult life. And um, what would you tell your younger self about a career in sales? Mm, what would I tell my younger self? I would, I would say do the right thing next and the next thing right. As it relates uh-huh. to the sales process, follow mm-hmm. a process. Just like if you were a baker, follow the recipe, do the right thing next. Mm-hmm. And then that next thing, do it right. If you're moving from prospecting to discovery, do that with absolute expertise. If right. you're moving from discovery to application where you get to talk about your solution suite, do that with absolute expertise. If you're moving from the application to the close, do right. that. Do the right thing next and the right. next thing right. And, and never take for granted any step. And mm. I've done that. I, I've it, done that in my it. early career. You just yes. have to follow it, right? Customer calls you on the phone and says, hey, how much is that doggy in the window? You got to <laughs> ask them about, do you love animals? Right. You, I mean, I can quote you the dog in the window, but let me ask you some questions regarding, is this for you? Do you have a big enough house? You got to qualify that person. Otherwise, Absolutely. you skip all the steps. And you closed them on a dog and it's not even for that person. Right. Now I'm with you all the way. So tell me something that is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. (laughs) So something true that no one would agree with me. Okay. If you can't change people, change people. Okay. Cutthroat way of sales management. It's cutthroat saying, if I can't change you, my salesperson who's struggling and who can't make quota, right? Change people. Meaning that person might be a great person, but it's a wrong fit. Right. And and I I talk to so many people, and I'm one of the people I talk to myself in the mirror. Let's give Bobby another chance. Let's give Sally another chance. Right. And I'm just saying, hey, look. If we've done everything we can, there's always going to be those people who are straggling. And yep. so, you know, you carry, you know, you, you carry some, but you got to cut others. If, yep. and, and, and that's the, that's cutthroat. But I don't think we have time anymore because artificial intelligence, chat GPT, all this new technology is automating the sales process. And if you're on the lower rungs of sales, Right. Your job may be eliminated. Absolutely. And so you've yeah. got to you gotta be tough about that. What did they say? Hire slow, fire quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not uh, firing because of I'm mean or I'm cruel. 
I've right. given you the chance. Here's the three podcasts you need to watch. Did you watch them? Here are the two right. books you need to read. Did you buy them? If you're not yeah. even going to do that, I can't be your coach. If you're not right. going to show up for the track meet with track shoes, then <laughs> then you <laughs> might need to find another sport. That's true. And, you know, the job of every employee is to make their supervisor's life easier. So if you're carrying a person that is just not up to par, it creates so much stress from a leadership point of view. And just imagine the stress that individual is going through, right? So you're really doing them justice by yeah. releasing them from a role that they're not suited to. Um, we are almost out of time. What is the one takeaway you'd like to leave the audience with? I think the one takeaway is to be fascinated and curious about your career in sales and sales management, to be fascinated by other people and to be curious to connect with them. Now, now let me just say that with the caveat that it might sound manufactured and artificial at first, and right. I understand that. But over time, when you truly love people and you're truly passionate about the product or service or company that you represent, those right. two points will intersect more often than not. And the more you're in the game, the more you're collecting stories from other people, the stronger and, and more likable and more interesting you become. Wow. I love it. How can my audience find you, Kurt? You know, I've got a website uh, called peaksalesstrategy.com. That's one place. I'm okay. on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. And I really believe in paying it forward. So if your listeners have any questions, comments, concerns, they want to bounce off me, please, I'd love to help. Yeah, wow. You're the go-to guy and, and everyone out there, um, take advantage of Kurt's offer. He's uh, He is a sales guru. And uh, Kurt, I may be running a, a call or two by you. You never know in the near future. My pleasure. So, Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and make it a great sales day. Thank you, Nancy. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you are frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com forward slash book.